Welcome to Indie Piece, an in-depth look at the independently developed video games that we call masterpieces. Presented by OK Beast, I'm your host, Blessing Adioye. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Indie Piece. Indie Piece is a podcast series dedicated towards celebrating the independently created video games that we hail as masterpieces of the medium. Every episode, we take a look at a different indie game, deconstruct it, and analyze what makes it a work of art and stand out among the rest. On this podcast, we'll be taking a look at indie side-scrollers, walking sims, physics games, and games that have broken the mold of the medium. Season 1, we've taken a look at games such as Undertale, Cuphead, Hellblades, and was Sacrifice, The Witness, and more. This is the season finale. This episode, we're discussing... Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm your host, Blessing Adioye. Joining me, we have Ian Prichel. Ian, what's up? What's up? How are you, man? Doing good. How are you doing, man? I'm sleepy. I feel you, man. You ready to talk about... um? some things so you know, you know how i love talking about things you know dude we're about to talk about some things uh also here to talk with us about some things we have moises Tavares. moises how's it going i'm good i'm actually not here to talk about things i'm here to talk about stuff oh man whoa. we're about to talk about some stuff mm-hmm. whoa man before we get into some stuff and things uh this episode is gonna be different from other episodes uh i want to put a content warning right here to let people know that this episode will contain depictions of some serious topics such as, such as uh, self-harm and suicide due to the nature of the game we're talking about. If you're unfamiliar with Doki Doki Literature Club, it goes some places. And so, and that's also a spoiler warning, but every episode we kind of talk about spoilers. And so uh, that kind of works out. Of course, before we get into it, uh, both Ian and, and Moises uh, are part of OK Beast. You can find them on Twitter. Uh, Ian's on uh, on Twitter at Ian Why Not. Moises on Twitter at Platano Ranger. Want to get all, all that out the way so we can really jump into it. Guys, Moises, I'm going to start with you. Coming to this episode... Uh, what's your story? What are your feelings with Doki Doki Literature Club? Um, so I, I think I played Doki Doki Literature Club like the same week that it released. I think I remember somebody at Kotaku writing about it and it getting on my, like on my radar. Um, I heard that it was like a free download, so I picked it up. Um, I knew it went places, but I didn't know exactly where it went. So, by the time, like, you got to, like, that first twist, um, I, I was, like, waiting, I was, I was anxious about the thing, and then it happened, and I was shocked, and the game kind of just continually shocked me, um, for the rest of the three, four hours that I sunk into it, um, I, I liked that experience a lot, it was a very novel experience, um, I think it came at like the tail end of that year. Yeah. And so it just like barely made my game of the year list that year, but it did make it on it. And I think the justification that I used for it was that, yeah, it like I, I didn't know at the time, like how I really felt about it. I just knew that it was a game that shocked me. It was a game that wasn't like any other game that I had really played. Um, and and yeah, like I I still hold it in like some reverence. Uh, because of the novelty of what it does um but yeah i i think i feel a little differently on it these days um mm. especially after because for for this podcast you said that like we didn't really have to play it we could just like watch a synopsis or something i played it like 
literally just before we were supposed to start the podcast. So nice. Oh, dang. Yeah. Nice. I, I managed to get it in, like, just in time. Um, and, yeah, it, it's it, it's a little conflicting now. Um, mm-hmm. But the, that, that novelty is still there. It, it's, still, it's still very much the same game as when I left it, like, two years ago. Yeah, when we originally played it, I think me and you played it at the same time. Yes, um, I was texting you because yes. you didn't know how to get to like the real yeah, ending. Yeah, because like I got to an ending and I was like, "Oh man, that's the end of the game," and I was disappointed. I was like, mm-hmm. "I'll." Uh, I think uh, Alex was asking like, "Hey, should I should I ch- play this game?" And after I got to the to what I thought was the ending, which was like just the um, Sayori ending. I was mm-hmm. like, Alex, don't play this game. <laughs> It'll destroy you. Yeah. Um, and then Moises kind of, uh, kind of nudged me more, and I was like, okay, I, I played more, and I was like, oh, there's a yeah, lot more here. I was just like, here. yeah, you have like half a game left. Yeah. And so I kept going, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like, there's some, mm-hmm. act- some actual th- uh, things here. And mm-hmm. by the time I finished it, I, was, I, I think I felt similar to Moises the first time, where I was like, I, I don't know how I feel about this thing, but I know that I think to me that it, it's special in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a sort of way. Like, there's there, there's something about it like there are a lot of games i feel like that try to do like the mm-hmm. weird thing like meta commentary or like i mean yeah even even just that year um it was that and it was near and i didn't even yeah. realize until replaying it just wow. now but it's a lot like near and that like it makes you replay like a significant portion of it like exactly That's the same point. and then mm-hmm. like shows like the darker layers under it mm-hmm. um, yeah and that year was also hellblade where like Hellblade starts off and is like, oh yeah, if you die too many times in this game, it's you're gonna have to start your save over. Or we're gonna delete mm-hmm. your save, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that year was an interesting year for interesting ideas as far as how we're gonna present a game to a player and see what they do with it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Doki Doki Literature Club does some very interesting things. Ian, for you, what are your what's your story and what are your feelings uh, with Doki Doki Literature Club? I so I think my story was that I started playing it much after, like a significant amount of time after you guys. Um, cause I remember in our group chats, it was like, yo, Ian, you got to play this game. You got to play this game, which I think was after you had both finished it. So I think I either mm-hmm. played it at the same time as Alex or at the same time as like other people within our communities that were playing it. Cause I remember texting, uh, Sam Atherton about it. Um, shout out to Sam Atherton, shout out to Gone Gold, all those boys. Um, and yeah, like my, I guess my feeling about it. Um, I don't know. Like I felt like I was pretty positive on it. And then as we were talking a little bit before the show, I started like feelings, seeds of doubt were sown. And I feel like now I'm thinking back and like looking at it from a multicultural aspect and from like my experiences living in Japan and like understanding some things of that. And it's starting to not taint my vision of it, just like give it a different, um, yeah, color, a different spin to it. Yeah, exactly. Like a different uh, perspective on a otherwise really, really awesome game. I think the, the mechanics of the game i think the the novelty of it is there i I do enjoy like the the visual motifs and the um the audio motifs that are used and i think that like it's it's good in that way but i think that from a macro story perspective and and what they're trying to say and stuff like that um kind of like how moises was saying is that after a while it kind of loses its luster Mm. um i'm I'm not sure exactly why it lost uh, its luster luster for uh, for for moises but um i have i have some things to say about it for sure Let's uh, get into it. Let's start with some game facts. And so um, Doki Doki Literature Club was developed by Team Salvato. And you may ask yourself, who is Team Salvato? Team Salvato is a game development studio founded in 2017 by Dan Salvato. Their mission through their games is to tell stories and express creativity in ways uh, not possible using traditional media. As an interactive art form, games can uh, can become part of your story uh, as well. 
through that they aim to inspire others and that's uh that's a blurb from their website i didn't i didn't write that for them because i'm not that generous um there you go uh the team consists of <laughs> lead developer dan salvato uh character artist uh for doki doki literature clubs satchelly i believe i believe it's how it's pronounced or satchelly um and then there's a, a background artist uh for doki doki literature club volinquent um, as far as plot and setup, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is a visual novel. As such, its gameplay has a low level of interactivity and, and consists of scenes uh, with static two-dimensional images of characters in first-person perspective. The narration and dialogue are presented in the, in the form of accompanying text. The narration is provided by the game's protagonist, a member of the titular literature club to which he was invited by his childhood friend Sayori. So, before we really get into Doki Doki, what are our broad opinions on visual novels? Because, like, I've played very few. Um, Ian, you lived in Japan, and so I assume that you're like a savant. <laughs> <laughs> you lived in another country, so you definitely read, right? Um, no, I, I have played um, not a lot, but I mean, everyone here has played Persona, mm-hmm. right? So Persona mm-hmm. games have a very intense visual novel aspect to them. Um, so I played Persona 3, 4, and 5. Those all have visual novel aspects. I played... Um, actually, I played this game right before this game. I played uh, Dream Daddies. Oh yeah! Before this, and oh, oh boy, that's a that's a hard turn from from that Dream Daddy into that that Doki mm-hmm. Doki, huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've I've played like things here and there that are in that uh, visual novel genre. Um, it, it's a fun genre for sure if you're into a lot of reading and you get invested in the story. Nice boys. What about you? Um, I'm sort of similar. I've played things that are visual novel-esque, like Persona. Um, I've played 4 and 5. Um, I played, I played Pyre the same year that this oh, uh, oh, came yeah. out. I wouldn't and even Pyre that. was very visual novel-esque. Um, I've, I played a little bit of one called uh, Heaven Will Be Mine that came out, I believe, last year. Um, but I don't have much experience with, uh, visual novels. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm familiar with what they are. Um, I, I like them in the games that I've like experienced them in, but as a, as a thing on its own, I usually don't flock to those. Um, I do like my games a little bit more interactive than that. Um, yeah. cause that's just, that's just how I've played games since the beginning, um so visual novels are like a a new thing for me um not a thing that i would ever not do but definitely something i'm not too familiar with yeah i'm kind of in a similar boat as moises where like persona uh four and five i got really into um and then like there's stuff like um how to full boyfriend i played a couple hours of yeah i always i always meant to play that game yeah it's it was interesting um but like and like i accidentally played a visual novel once on vita because it was like free for ps plus or whatever and i thought like i thought it was just a jrpg and so like i got an hour into it and i was like wow where's the overworld like this just keeps Mm -hmm. going was it was it one of the uh oh the the zero games yeah the zero no it wasn't it was a very obscure one that i couldn't even like by the way what did you call it um the the series is called like the nonary games Right. Oh, oh, um, yeah, yeah non, non airy games. I thought you said nunnery, like a nun. No, no, no. I was like, I don't there's any nuns in that game. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> so, like, for this game being a visual novel, like, was it like the the kind of mystery there that that drew us all in? Would you say? 
Um, you mean the genre? The genre was the mystery that kind of brought us all yeah. in, or or like, or, or like, like why did we play Doki Doki? Because I, I feel like all of us have in common, or maybe me, me and Moises more so have in common that like we like visual novel novel games aren't something that we will uh, reject or like decline to play, but like they mm-hmm. don't seem to be like a thing where we're like, oh yeah, it's a visual novel, let's jump in. Because I don't even know. I don't. I think for me, because you said it was like you were you heard somebody from Kotaku. Uh, yeah, about if it. I remember correctly, it was Gita Jackson. Like she, she wrote up an article just like, "Hey, have you heard about Doki Doki Literature Club? If not, here's like the notification. You should play this thing. It goes okay. places." Interesting. Yeah, I think for yeah. me it was Miranda Sanchez from IGN who talked about it and like on a podcast, and I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, this sounds this sounds interesting." And I, I, I think I saw more and more people on Twitter kind of tweeting about it. And I was like, all right, I'll give this a go. Um, but to continue with uh, some of the plot and setup of the game, the game starts off as the protagonist is invited by his cheerful childhood sweetheart, Sayori, to join their high school's literature club as a remedy for his insular nature. The protagonist reluctantly agrees to a proposal and meets the other members of the club, the assertive Natsuki, the shy Yuri, and the bubbly club president, Monica. The protagonist writes and shares poems with his new clubmates and deepens his relationships with them. The characters' interactions with the protagonist are influenced by a mini-game in which the player is required to compose a poem from a set uh, of individual words. Each girl in the literature club has different uh, different word preferences and will react positively when the player picks a word that they like. So... Doki Doki Literature Club is kind of a slow burn. Uh, while playing, there is a broad awareness from the player that there's some kind of turn that takes place, uh, mainly due to like when the game starts off, there's a content warning straight up, and so you kind of you kind of mm-hmm. you kind of hit it in uh, that way. Um, and then like via word of mouth, you know, stuff like Gita Jackson kind of saying like, "Hey, like stuff goes down in this game, check it out." Um, same with me listening to Miranda Sanchez kind of saying similar things. How do we feel about how Doki Doki handles its beginning hours with? little hint of what's beneath the surface aside from like those content warnings Ian, what do you think like those content warnings were such a like talk about a game where it's like content warning and you're like all right you're like gripping the table you're ready to to see something it's like hi my name's siori and you're sitting here like oh no like the second anything happy happened after that that warning and especially kind of going in relatively blind like you guys are really good about not really saying much about it. I think at one point y'all created like separate DM chats of people who had finished it or who were playing it. Yeah, I DM'd Blessing privately. Yeah. (laughs) Because like the entire time I was kind of like, maybe it's just my natural aloofness or whatever, or maybe it's something else, but I was sitting here, I was like, this game isn't so bad. Mm -hmm. Nothing's happening so far. And then Mm -hmm. like something, the turn happens and you're like, oh no. Like I, I, I that that was literally my reaction. When that happened, I, I wasn't scared. I wasn't horrified. I didn't scream. I was just like, Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> like, it's straight up. It's straight up like a, a a regular visual novel for maybe like three or four hours. I would say like it's so. It feels so long. Yeah, that that initial like oh man, there's drama in the Doki Club. What's happening? Yeah, oh, there's yeah. so many girls here. Who's Monica? And then yeah. like. <laughs> And then you're sitting there like, this is, nothing's going to happen. And I think that was definitely by design, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, that was definitely, like, ch- to kind of, like, put you in a false sense of security, much like a horror movie would. Mm-hmm. And then, bing. To get yeah, I, di- I didn't even, um, I, di- I didn't even stop to think about, like, how long that probably was. Because I, I played it just before this podcast. I've, mm-hmm. I've played that game, like, two times, I think, since the initial time that I played it. Um, 
And so I'm like I'm familiar with like what happens really and I I know that like certain lines give things away a little bit like early in the game if you're looking for it. Um but I know that if you don't know then it's just then you're just reading the dialogue yeah. naturally and I I managed to speed by like everything in the game in like 3 hours. Yeah. I forgot that like on that initial playthrough it's something like it felt six, yeah, seven hours. I remember being it says like seven here for for me. I'm looking up at how long to beat.com. It says seven hours. So I think it was like the majority of that is the three hour like nothing's nothing yeah, bad's man. happening here. Because I remember being like, I, I remember getting an hour in, and I was like, all right, when's it gonna happen? Like, when is the turn gonna happen? I played another hour, and I was like. All right, who tricked me? Like, who's tricking? Who tricked, yeah. me, into who tricked me into playing a visual novel? <laughs> yeah, a this is a solid novel. prank. What if at the yeah. very end, like, where you thought, like, man, who tricked me? It's like the text comes up, blessing, don't run away, don't do it. <laughs> like, like that would be fucked up. Yeah. Do we? Do you guys feel like it having such a long? I guess such. I'm, I'm making it sound like it's forever, but it kind of feels that way. It having a a, a long beginning um, portion before things go down uh, is successful to like how the whole game sort of plays out. Or would we prefer them like take a different route with it? No, I I think I think it worked out for what they were trying to do, and I think mm-hmm. it, it feels it feels longer for me just because of like the ADHD. But I, it definitely felt like a really really long time before things kind of popped off. Um, but I think it was successful in what they were trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. But just just to submit to the committee, I am here on how long to beat dot com, and. This paragraph of, or these two sentences together or three sentences together totally describes exactly how it felt playing this game. <clears throat> Doki Doki Literature Club. The literature club is full of cute girls. Will you write your way into their heart? This game is not suitable for children or those who are easily disturbed. <laughs> like that's legit how it feels yeah. playing this game where that first two sentences are like, oh man, I can't wait to have a girlfriend. By the way, death is coming for us all. Like yeah. that's exactly, I think what they were trying to do. And it makes sense mm-hmm. that this intro thing here, like the majority of the text in here is saying, yay, it's fun and cute. The last part is like, hey, by the way, also don't play if you're scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, as the club prepares for the school's upcoming cultural festival, Sayori reveals to the protagonist that she suffers from depression and confesses her love for him. Which, man, to get, like, that one-two punch is is always fun. Man, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just played that thing, and that, that's, a, that's, yeah. a, that's a moment. Yeah, because that's when things, like, that's when things start to turn, and that's where, like, mm. I think, I remember, I remember vividly, like, my heart being like, mm-hmm. don't do this to me. Don't mm-hmm. do this. Like I don't want this right now. Especially because I'm I'm oh I'm, I'm eyeing this other girl over here too. It like, gets so fucking sad, man. Yeah, it, it, it they definitely write it that way, right? Because I think they blessing do. after post postscript like uh, after the game finished, I was talking to blessing, and I think you and I went through the same thought process, right? Because that question she asks you is like, hey, you know, I'm going through a lot right now. Um, I'm I'm suffering oh, from yeah. this this mental illness, but like I had to tell you because it was really weighing on me. Um, you know, I, I love you. I care about you. And like, it explicitly kind of gives you the option of like a lie to her or, yeah. or, yeah, or, cause your or character tell the truth. Cause your character the whole time is like, yeah, like I, he's, he always says that like, he's confused about her feelings towards him and yeah. sort of like suggests that like, he can't really feel the same. So yeah, yeah, it gives you, it gives you the options of like, tell her you love her or just be like, Cause she, cause she's always, she's always saying, and like when she's in that depressive state, um, she keeps saying like, 
oh, I introduced you to the club and now I, I wish things just were the way they were before. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the other option is like, you're like my greatest and, and like dearest friend and we can go yeah. back to the way that things were before. Yeah. And I think it's also really important that like your character frames this as saying, um, cause like she's, she's like sort of spiraling and he's just like, no, like I, I want to help you. Like, and, and you trust that I know what's best for you. Right. Like not you, but I know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's just like, yeah, I guess I do. And then it presents you with that choice. And then yeah. the choice is but like it, <laughs> either yeah. lie to your best friend about loving her to get her out of yeah. this or like, reject well, her basically like, well, and yeah. maybe send her spiraling for, like, but for it's me, also I, yeah i was coming at it from like gamer like persona brain like persona 4 brain, <laughs> achievement yeah well no i was coming at it from like i had chosen yuri in my head like from mm-hmm. like i played it like the way i was playing persona where i was like yuri came over that day to yeah paint those decorations yeah, okay with you yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yes because like because like in my, when i'm playing persona 4 or whatever i'm like oh yeah like uh it's yukiko or it's or it's Rise, or if you play like me it's everybody right in persona, in persona 5 i was like oh makoto like makoto is it from the first hour i was like oh yeah yuri like let, let's do it yuri is 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 the one until she started getting kind of weird but i was still like <laughs> <laughs> she started getting real weird later on so yeah so by, by the way just while you mentioned the, the weird thing so you mm. do know that each or i'm pretty sure this is correct again i'm i was about to sound really well actually, actually. but like like so each character in that is supposed to be a um a connection to a Japanese stereotype of like different romantic, like visual really? novel stereotypes. Yeah. So there's terms like called sundere, yandere, and I forget the word for sayori, but so tsundere is like someone who is like out, uh, outwardly cold, but inwardly is like in love with you. Mm. And yandere is the someone who is outwardly warm to you, but is actually like hyper obsessed with you. Like yandere is like the per like someone will kill you or kill themselves before they let anybody else be with them. Mm. Um, and that's a trope that has been developed in um, these visual novels and like horror sort of things from from Japan specifically. Um, and there's like a whole games based off of it called like yandere simulator and stuff like that, um, where you are a um, like very what's the word like emotionally charged in love girl. Um, in the same age group that they're, that Doki Doki Literature Club takes place. Um, so keep like those are kind of what those characters are based off of. Very big tropes in the interesting, media. yeah. Huh. But yeah, like I so I committed to Yuri, and when she was when um, Sayori was asking me the question of like like how do you feel about me, I was kind of like in my head like that, and that's the thing like I didn't want to that's why I didn't want to lie is because I wanted I I didn't want to be like I love you, but then also like have her end up seeing me with yuri and so i was like oh yeah i love i think the, i think the option was like either like professing your love or saying that you're good being friends are those yeah like, that's yeah. that's the two options and so i went with, i went with friends and as soon as i said it i was like yeah. oh shit <laughs> it's especially it's especially <laughs> shitty because like when that moment happens it's you you go to her house that morning yes because she had left the club early the last day mm-hmm. um or like the last day that you saw her and you go there because you're just like, well, I, I've kind of been neglecting Sayori. Let me check in on her. And then you see her and she like, that's when she reveals that she's that she's been suffering yeah. with depression. Um, Has this ever happened to y'all, by the way? Not this, not the game, but like that scenario. You are given <laughs> a uh, you're given a non-choice where it's like lie as at, in like your head as a way of doing the nice thing but it's it's ultimately going to come back to bite you long term or do the oh, hard yeah. to do thing mm-hmm. yeah in the I short, mean, has that ever yeah. happened to you yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the friendships have 
been made and crumbled <laughs> over <laughs> over yeah. things like this since like yeah, middle school. Much, dude. I've yeah. I've pretty much had to m- minus the uh, open expression of like I'm depressed and this is a part of my process of healing. I've had to have this exact conversation and never before in video games have I ever had this moment of like like non-separation from the character. I, it was <laughs> as if I had flown back in time to like mm-hmm. I remember specifically I was sitting on these wooden steps in front of like this um eating plaza in college and this friend of mine who obviously was a girl or not obviously i don't know um was this girl uh, who i knew her name was abby and she was like yeah you know i have to tell you but i I know you probably don't feel the same way back but you know i love you i want to be with you and like i think my reaction playing the game word for word emotion for emotion was the exact same and i literally was like oh nuts (laughs) like yeah it's like oh man like that's how i felt in the moment and that is the exact same way i felt in the game because the game chooses already for you Right. Like the game doesn't even let you choose like, hey, you are in love with her. Pursue this relationship. It's like, no, you really have the choice between. It seems as though like that, that like, dynamic like, is already no matter, written out. No, like no matter what you say, like it's going to destroy her. It's, it's mm-hmm. essentially kind of. A hundred percent. And so like the following day, Monica passively shows the protagonist an uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically morbid poem by Siori that insistently orders someone to get out of her head. Realizing that something has happened to her, the protagonist rushes to Siori's home, where he discovers that she said, or she, he discovers that she has hung herself, uh, and the game abruptly ends. Which was like another moment where, I'll, where like, like before when she asked the question and I answered, I was like, oh shit. And then this happens, and I'm like, oh shit, like, no, <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, dang it, no. I got class tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I watched this scene right before doing this podcast. Why would you do that? I don't know, man. For due they, diligence or for for the big sad? You wanted dude, to be the big it, sad? Both, I guess. I wanted to do it for due diligence, but it just ended up with like sadness. Like rewatching it, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like hurtful. <laughs> like yeah, hundred percent, hundred. It was yeah. so intense. I feel like for me, I don't know what you guys would say, but I think for me, this was probably the most impacting moment of the game. Um like so much so that like i thought that that was the end <laughs> i was like wow because for me i thought that like by the time i got to this part in the game abruptly ends i was like oh this was a game just made to break your heart this is horrible <laughs> yeah. um well do you know what doki doki means by the way Speaking yeah like of, heartbeat like heart, right yeah it's it's the onomatopoeia in japanese for heartbeat Do- and that's yeah. supposed to be the sound that you like doki doki like if you're watch or watching anime or reading manga that is like if you care about someone that'll be like the doki doki like it'll be like kind of around you if you ever watch mm. like jojo or like other yeah. things that kind of make the onomatopoeia physical i mean i don't know if they do doki doki and jojo they do like um i forget the other there's like words for being really intimidating they use those yeah. but like and like you know it has I mean? a, it has like the double meaning here too because doki doki for like since it's a um original individual novel dating sim right it has that heart heartbeat to that but then also for it as a horror game um mm, you get that like, doki doki your heart pounding out of fear <laughs> yeah, yeah um i want to I, I want to get out of here kind of kind of thing um the player is sent back to the main menu with all previous save files erased the narrative uh repeats upon the start of the new, start of a new game but siori is glaringly absent her name and dialogue are rendered illegible and the characters do not remember her existence in addition the character sprites appear corrupted from time to time so how is this moment in the game affecting and i just i just mentioned how like i feel like for me it's the most affecting part of the game i don't know about how you guys feel about it in terms of 
the effects that it has on like on you either emotionally or as a player Moises what do you think um I can definitely say that as I was working up to the moment today I was I knew what was coming I knew exactly how it was gonna happen I was still very anxious about it mm-hmm. I still like I didn't want to see it mm-hmm. and then when it does happen like it's like it still does like it just cuts immediately to it, and it kind of scared me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, because like it's like I th- for at least for the door opening part, right? When you're like about to go into Siori's room, it like you're kind of gentle, like gently nudge the door open, and like I guess this is more done mentally than it, than uh, yeah, because <laughs> it just lightly, it's just black. You lightly yeah. tap the space bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like in the game, like the game doesn't really have full motion video, and so no, yeah. but but like you you're like oh yeah, I'm gonna gently open the door, but then all of a sudden cuts to like boom doors open she's dead everything's black and white music's messed up like yeah the, like music's messed up like the then. audio like play the the like distorted audio plays and like a, a fucked up version of like the the logo and the menu is like behind her head and it mm-hmm. keeps like closing up on like her like with every cut it's a really uncomfortable scene yeah. i hate it so much yeah um, and i think like there's there's an easter egg where if you leave the screen where she's hanging for like 10 minutes um, yes text will <clears throat> text will pop text up does saying pop up. um crap i forgot what it, what it was i think it's like now we can all be happy or something like that yeah it's something like that what yeah. the f- yo i thought yeah. that like i thought the easter egg would be like the police come and they think you did it or something and there's a no, whole no, no, no it's really no it's really fucked up. that'd yeah. be amazing it was like far cry where like at the beginning of far cry games you just if you stand still for 15 minutes the game will end because like the villain will come back and be like oh like i told you to stay and you stayed cool we can keep mm-hmm. doing this it'd be hilarious but if it was a similar thing where like the game just ends and the police just take you away well what if it's the opposite where you you stop moving you on are the, first the screen of of sayori and it's like hey and then it's like actually let's stay home instead and then like there's a whole like visual novel aspect that's like one fourth the time that's just you and sayori actually falling in love without you having the false choice of not choosing her Jesus Christ. that would just be Good even Lord. more sad actually i take it back don't do God. it that's i'm really sad I'm, now i'm gonna move on uh monica takes sayori's place in inviting the protagonist to the club aside from the game's <laughs> frequent distortions what club <laughs> the, the we go to the club, club. <laughs> <laughs> the literature club oh okay uh, aside from the games free- that'd be hilarious if you went to an actual club in this game well i thought you were talking about the dlc for this game called dance dance literature club and oh. you have to do a da- it's a rhythm game but then also the sad stuff is still there actually i was talking about ubisoft the crew um but i actually oh. said the club oh okay Sorry <laughs> yeah you that. guys you and you and monica go racing across america Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so aside from the game's uh, frequent distortions the normally uh, calm and shy yuri becomes gradually unstable possessive and prone to self-harm yuri's decline in sanity culminates in the act of giving the protagonist a poem that is indi- indecipherable uh, and covered in blood and other bodily fluids yep. when monica seems to be callously dismissing this uh, anomalous behavior Natsu- natsuki secretly passes the protagonist a message under the guise of a poem that begs him to seek help for yuri only to be immediately manipulated into telling the protagonist to disregard the message and devote his attention solely to monica after a heated quarrel over who the protagonist will help uh, with the school festival yuri ejects monica and natsuki from the room and privately confesses her love for the protagonist whether or not the protagonist accepts yuri's confession she commits suicide by repeatedly stabbing herself so the nature of depression, self-harm, and suicide and the rest can be somewhat difficult to tackle in general, yet 
Doki Doki Literature Club approaches these topics in over-the-top and unconventional ways. Up until this moment in the game, how do we feel about the handling of the subject matter in Doki Doki Literature Club? Um, I mean, it doesn't feel farcical, if that makes any sense. Like, when things happen, they happen, they're finite, and they're done, right? Mm -hmm. Like... Like the first moment we just talked about earlier, like that is a real, like they don't play it for laughs. They don't play it for this. Like they're like, no, this is depressing. It's mm -hmm. dark. It happened and you have, you can't do anything about it. Um, while yes, kind of morose and depressing, it is something that is taken at least somewhat seriously within the narrative. Um, and actually now that I think about it, um, I might be looking too deep into this, but is Monica supposed to represent some sort of like the biological component and the genetic factors behind depression and these uh, mental instabilities that people have. Is that supposed to be? How so? So like, again, I haven't, I, you guys have played the game way more recently than me. Um, but like Monica is kind of this invisible hand that kind of controls things from behind the scenes and mm -hmm. creates scenarios that cause the characters to be powerless and manipulates them without their, consent i guess right um mm -hmm. and even though the characters are acting rationally um beforehand once monica's influence is kind of enacted it's it's hard for them to have they lose their locus of control right so in the in the aspect of saori in the beginning of the game she's actually acting very lucidly and and very rationally with you and saying hey i have this this problem you know i'm i'm depressed i'm going through a spiral right now but i, I need to tell you this and, and you're the most important person to me in my life right that is an extremely and these characters are supposed to be in high school right like 18 years mm -hmm. old etc that is extremely rational and extremely um forthcoming from someone who is still you know pretty young you know what i'm saying like do, yeah. is that maybe i'm looking way too deep into this and like sort of conspiracy theorizing it theorizing but like it to me, at least from where I'm standing, it, it kind of feels like there is some sort of at least somewhat um, allegory or metaphor um, for that biological component. Like, because I can't, can, from my own perspective, right, I can't control the biological component of my mental illnesses, right, because they came from my genetics, right? Besides, mm. even even with pills and therapy, they're still going to always be there, right? Um, and that's kind of the vibe yeah. I was just getting as I was thinking more deeply on it. I, mean, I think that makes sense. I, th I, think that, I think there's something there, right? And like this, I mean, this is a game that, doesn't shy away from that sort of symbolism in like i mean with the with the topics at hand between like depression self-harm and like a lot of like it seems like a lot of mental illness type stuff right with the game actually like being broken in a lot of like with like actually like glitches happening in the game and a lot of the game actually like appearing to be broken by design like i think i think there's a lot of room for that stuff to intermingle and mix um in, in terms of, of what's there Moises, how do you feel about how some of these topics are tackled in this game um i i think i think that first part with saori like rings like a little a little too true mm. like it, 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 it it's 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 like ian says like it's a moment that's not really played for laughs um it uh it i i feel like even for everybody here like it reminded you like of conversation that you had before um and it, it it definitely reminded me of conversations I've had with friends over the years. Um, it it felt really uncomfortable in that regard, but it, it felt good that that was that was even like a, a notion being entertained by a game. Um, like up until that year, I hadn't really played games that tackled stuff like that too much. Um, I also think this that year was like a weird like flashpoint for all of that actually. Mm. Um, 
So I, I think we've seen like those conversations a lot more since then. But yeah, it was it was a new thing then, and it it felt good is the wrong word, but it it felt um, it felt appropriate you, how yeah. like it was how it was carried out at least as far as Sayori. <laughs> mm. um, and I haven't given much thought to like what Ian just put forward about Monica sort of being the uh, like the the sort of biological the biological aspect like of any of any person's mm. depression of any person's mental illness um and it makes sense it makes sense it's a it's a part of you that like feels rogue and feels like it's it's acting selfishly um it feels like a thing that seems to feed off of like your your uh your misery or not even your misery but just making you miserable like like incurring that upon you um and so that i i think that's a legitimate read and i i think it's one that i i never really thought of which like it 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 could be that um a lot of my experience playing this game um especially this last run through it just earlier it felt it felt bad (laughs) which Mm, it it, mm -hmm. like i it's supposed to but like it feels like I came away from this being like, oh, this thing is still exactly the horrifying thing that I played before. And then like also I came away from it being like, wow, this thing is like really sort of like torture porny a little bit. Like mm. it's it like the game almost seems to to get off on like juxtaposing like how cute everything's supposed to be mm. um, with like how fucked up things can be. By then, like rationing it up like way too many notches, and then making these characters suffer like immeasurably. Mm-hmm. Um, like we ha- we haven't gotten into it, um, but like in that synopsis, even that you just gave us, like it skipped over the fact that like you have a conversation with Natsuki on the second run, and like her and Yuri start getting into like more arguments, and like their text starts getting covered with like the black yeah. dots, and like when it does that, like it gets like sort of. It, it gets sort of like break the fourth wally. It gets mm. like just downright like crass and inappropriate sometimes. Like Yuri at one point talks about like touching herself with a pen that dropped out of your backpack. Um, and like, and Natsuki's like, like you have a conversation with her and then like it gets to the point where like she makes a lot of revelations about what goes on in her life and then like her neck breaks and like her features get like blotted out it it it, it seems like it seems like on, on one hand like it wants to discuss these things and then on another like the presentation of it really likes to to like fuck with you by like doing horrible things to these characters and then like i feel like at the end it just kind of waves its hand and it's just like they're all virtual so it doesn't Mm. matter um Mm. but i I think it's i think it's also like i don't know it's weird it's weird playing the game again because it's just like i i appreciated these things uh, the first time around but then also just like the more you hear about like who did it and like why they did it like this presumably white man doing this thing about like these four cute anime girls because he has a conflicting relationship with anime mm-hmm. and he really wanted to talk it just like it feels Is like that some really of these why? things yeah like yeah, he's part of it, yeah. he, he cites like his reason for like wanting to make the game is because he has like a love-hate relationship with the game um 
And it just the seems game like meaning anime or like the game. Oh, meaning the game? With oh no, anime. with anime, with anime. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, um, like, damn, the game, man. I don't like the game. <laughs> no, <before."> yeah. <laughs> um, and so it feels like it feels like this was like an exercise for this person to work out these feelings, and like it just feels like a lot of these elements came together in a way that gets across like what he wants, but also I don't know, just like does it does fucked up like uncomfortable shit with mm. it and i don't know how do you, well it really think... tackles the like the the mental health aspect of it yeah. outside mm. of sayori do you think i feel like to... in... no continue i was gonna say do you think it has to do with like the because my next question here i've written down is about kind of like how um it uses these topics such as depression and suicide and self-harm and stuff um uh, as a tool versus a, a, a commentary do you feel like it has trouble balancing like because like at, i feel like at the core doki 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 literature club aside from being a visual novel like it is supposed to be a horror game mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. so like and i mean one of the things that dan Silvato kind of talked about was him not wanting to, to go the route of like jump scare horror he wanted to have he wanted he wanted to tackle horror that made you just like feel uncomfortable um mm-hmm. in at unease um and I didn't seem like he was doing that while also like I I guess he used anime or this visual novel style uh, as the the uh, the sort of canvas for it because of how he felt about anime and because he wanted to make something different. Do you feel like there's a sort of balance there between discussing these topics and giving commentary about these topics while also using these topics or yeah these topics as tools for horror in order to enhance that genre? Or do you feel like like how do you feel about all that? I feel there's like some merit to it. Like mm. I think I think using the like overly cute style is is like it's it's deliberate and I I feel like it's uh, like it's pretty simple to read that as like he wants to say that like no matter like how anything looks like there's something underneath that and that's a thing that you should be cautious of. Um I think like the thing even works as like a criticism of like visual novels which are like generally played um to like to to like whoever is on the receiving end of it in like a visual novel like a visual novels feel like overly like objectiony like it, it like it, it feels like there's always there's always something or someone to objectify on the end of it mm. and it's it's they're not really treated as a person and i think this was supposed to deliberately be like no there are like these characters even if they are fictional like they are people and we should treat them more like people um i think he does that by like making it so that like so that natsuki has like a fucked up like family you know where her dad like doesn't feed her um he makes yuri like somebody who who like quickly latches onto people um and like develops like obsessive tendencies and like doesn't feel too like is cold to everybody and doesn't feel like received as warmly as maybe she should be. So she turns to things like like hurting herself. Um, uh, I I feel like those things come through, um, and I I guess on that level it it does feel like it's like it's tackling something and it's it's taking a stance and I appreciate that. Um, hmm. I don't know what it is about it. Just it still feels like uneasy. I, because at the end of it, like it's it's Monica, you know, like yeah, like, just Monica. It you don't know how the game actually ends. Yeah, uh, Monica fucks with it so much that you never actually see how it ends. You never know, like, really how much of what made these characters 
is um, their writing being genuine and how much of it is Monica manipulating them. Um, and so it gets a little hard to say that, like, it handled anything well or, like, mm-hmm. the story was really great because it's, like, intentionally left vague, like, if these characters were always this way or if it only happened because this one rogue agent uh, threw everything off. Mm-hmm. Let me get. I'm gonna read to, uh, to the rest uh, of the uh, the game slash all the stuff, uh, and, and I want to talk about this further because I want to be able to talk about the game at, at length. Uh, due to the game's broken script, the protagonist is stuck motionless uh, in the room with Yuri's decaying cadaver. And this is after Yuri like stabs herself, right? Stuck in the room with, with Yuri's decaying cadaver over the course of a weekend, Natsuki returns upon the weekend's conclusion, but is horrified and nauseated by the sight of Yuri's body and flees the scene. Monica appears and apologizes to the protagonist for the boring weekend he had spent and begins a display of compensation by deleting Yuri and Natsuki's character files from the game and sending the player back to the main menu a new file is started automatically and the p- protagonist is placed in a room with monica seated across from him monica reveals that she is a self-aware video game character who has the ability to manipulate and delete other characters files which she used uh, to alter the behavior of her clubmates in an unsuccessful bid to make them unlikable and prevent their confessions of love to the protagonist she expresses her loneliness from being relegated to a fruitless supporting role uh, within an empty world where her only company had been autonomous personalities designed only to ma- only to fall in love with the protagonist and she confesses her own love not to the protagonist's character but directly directly to the player. Monica will sip, sit and talk to the player indefinitely about various topics until the player manually enters the game, the game's uh, directory and deletes Monica's character file. Monica initially lashes out at the player, but ultimately forgives, uh, forgives them and remorse, remorsefully repents by, by restoring the game uh, and the characters excluding herself. So how do we feel about the ending portion of the game and the resolution and how does it reflect back on the experience as a whole? Ian Prichelle, what do you think? Uh, the ending of this game is so bonkers, right? Like it, like mm. we were talking very seriously about like how it depicts mental health and, and stuff like that. But like, it, it really does feel kind of connected back to what Moises was saying earlier. Like it feels like it starts off very serious and grounded and then it slowly becomes more, I guess, sci-fi horror sort of route. And the ending of the game really is the culmination of, those extraneous ideas and not the first idea kind of coming to a head, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the only emotion that I have when I think at the very end of this game is just horror. Like I, I'm scared. If yeah. It makes any sense. It's, it, it reminded me of my first time playing undertale uh, and spoilers for undertale for the next 10 seconds. Like both the endings of the game involve kind of like breaking your system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I remember having like a, a similar feeling towards the end of that game as I had during uh, for this game where I was like, man, I if I had to exit out this game in order to like beat this game or whatever. Right. Like that's kind of that's that's kind of mind blowing. Like whenever whenever games do do kind of things like that, I feel like it gets pretty uh, I'm, I'm very into it. That kind of thing. The way this game went about it, however, I feel like um, I I, don't know, I thought it was interesting. I just I I like I still I still don't really have have words for it. Ian, you kind of talked about. It. I remember I remember when this happened. Uh, like at the time, you you couldn't stop talking about how like you sat and talked to Monica for like 
I think hours. I forgot how oh, long you said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot that you could exit out. The, I, I forgot that there was an objective at the other end of this thing. Yeah. And I was just locked in talking to this computer over and like for a, for an unnaturally long amount of time. Because I think that you guys talked to her for like five minutes and you're like, all right, let me look yeah. up what to do. Yeah, and I was sitting she, here she, like. She gives you like the instructions on yeah, what to do. And then, then talk- she goes into like what you got into. Yeah. Like I got like 10 minutes in and I think I realized like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm just I'm just supposed to delete her file file. And I figured it out because I think, yeah, she gave you the instructions to like go into Steam. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's like she talks about like deleting the files and she's just like, but for you, it might be even easier because there's this thing called Steam. And if you <laughs> right click it, you will get to the properties. And then yeah. there you can go to local files. And there's a folder that says characters. And also, like, that's delete where I your, deleted them from. Delete and your when you go in there, because... the only one there is Monica. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, dude. But then you continued past that discussion. I, yeah, for a ridiculously long amount of time. I forgot about that. And like, she says some wild stuff. I, f- I forget the specifics behind it, but like, I distinctly remember her talking about like, what is the point of living if, if, if everything is made of code? You know, choices are, choices, she doesn't say you know, but she says choices mean nothing essentially. And, and was kind of boiling down all these very um, kind of high level concepts into this kind of conversation, this fake conversation. And I was sitting here just like eating it all up and forgot that there was a game on the other end. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm going to go and try and see if I can just look at a video of all her her voice line or all the like lines she says because it's it, she. I remember getting very scared by some of the things that she was saying. Yeah, like out of all the games we've we've kind of done on indie piece, I feel like this is the one that is the most like like I feel like the other games they can make cases for why people would look at them as masterpieces, right? Like I feel like Celeste, um, a lot of people look at Celeste as like like a serene like perfect experience right or like near perfect experience right like um inside is is one where a lot of people look at that game and they're like wow like what a what a feat of of technology like what a feat of uh design and and telling a story and, and all that stuff um same with undertale this is one where and i i i specifically chose this game because i was like man i still can't wrap my mind around doki doki literature club Aside from the fact that it made me feel things, I feel like out of a, out of a lot of these games, mm. this game made me feel feelings that I don't necessarily feel while playing video games. And it's like it, it's not just the horror; like the horror is part of it, but it's like it was like this mixture of horror plus guilt with the whole Sayori situation, mm-hmm. plus like a hint of like embarrassment that I was playing like a visual novel and like they mm. had like the the um, there's certain uh, uh, like. J- not jpegs but like i guess jpegs or pngs or whatever where like the girls are looking very, like <laughs> suggestive and like uh-huh yeah uh-huh. like wait what wait what there's well not not like not suggestive and then like they got like their things hanging out but like <clears throat> like okay given like the like the anime girl like in a tight um school uniform kind of kind of look and, oh you know what okay. i'm talking about like yeah. there like there's certain there are certain images that yeah. invoke that like that pervy element that could come with mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. visual novels no they're they're definitely yeah i went Um, down a new route this run and i saw like natsuki's and i was just like yeah okay yeah Mm. and like this game is just such is just such a interesting mixture of all these different elements that i feel like i genuinely hadn't seen before and i have seen since then Mm -hmm. um which i think is why i kind of want to talk about about it on this podcast this game i was i was actually thinking about this game like 
a year ago maybe um i was entertaining the idea of like writing a thing about it because it was just like i like to think of indies as like games that are doing fresh new things or like doing tired things in a new way um whether that be like their presentation or like an actual execution um a lot of times they're like they're a combination of a lot of those things um and i was i was like reflecting on like what games i had played last year and i was just like i haven't played a thing like doki doki since doki doki yeah um and i'm like like indie games aren't poorer for that but it's also just like I miss that, and where, like, where is it? Like, yeah. who's, what you're, who's what you're doing saying that? is, you agree with Jonathan Blow what he said in, in the recent article? No, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying at all. What you're saying um, is, indie games need to st- step up. <laughs> They're boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't that wasn't at all what I was saying. Though I do get how that sounds like that. <laughs> no, it was just like. Like, there were still games doing, like, cool things. I just, like, I hadn't seen a thing go, like, as far as Doki Doki since yeah. Doki Doki. Yeah. Um, no, I 100%, I 100% agree. Yeah. 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 And so, so yeah, like, I, I, I get where you're coming from from with that. Um, because I've I've been thinking about this game for, like, a while in that sense. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. What was the question? I got lost. <laughs> oh, that wasn't really a question. Um, okay. I just, uh, just finished the thing. But like let's get let's get into some more game facts. Um and so as far as the story behind the game's release, uh discussing the horror elements of the game, Salvato explained that he was inspired by things that are scary because they make you uncomfortable, not because they shove scary looking things in your face. To achieve this, Salvato developed the facade of a cute setting which would break down over time uh, along with the behavior of the characters and eventually the role of one evil character who had seized control of the game from the player would be revealed. In creating the, the game's horror elements, Salvato drew inf- inspiration from Yume Nikki um, or Yume Nikki. You may Nikki. You may Nikki. You may Nikki. Or you may Nikkei, I think. You may Nikkei. Ooh, interesting. Um, And Eversion, and empathized to his team that he wanted uh, the market for visual novels to become much more daring and less reliant on the same plot concepts. The game's Mm -hmm. characters were based around standard anime archetypes and were given Japanese names to emphasize a pseudo-Japanese atmosphere characteristic of Western-produced visual novels. The sole exception to this format is Monica, who received an English name as a hint to her individual nature compared to the other characters. Didn't even hmm. pick up on that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have realized that either. That makes sense, though. Hmm. Uh, a few more tidbits. Dan Salvato, the lead developer of Doki Doki, is a uh, professional Super Smash Brothers player uh, and con- well, contributed me? to the development of Project M. Um, which play, if Yeah, if you're really into Super Smash Brothers, you'll know Project M. It's essentially like a mod i guess for brawl yeah um yeah i don't know if mod that's, is that's accurate wild. it's essentially like a version of brawl that is meant to play more like melee um he's also well known for creating one of the most difficult uh super mario maker levels in existence called p is for pain which is interesting gross <laughs> that is gross Salvato was inspired to create a visual novel by his love-hate relationship with anime uh, and emphasized the abundant use of cliches in the genre and frequent plots, uh, sur- 
plots centering around cute girls doing cute things, which he saw both as an asset um, and a detriment to the viewer's enjoyment. Savato sought to create a title that would attract the player's attention regardless of how they personally view anime, uh, which is kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Salvato also composed the game's score. Uh, the introductory co- composition, Doki Doki Literature Club, is primarily performed by piano and flute with accompaniment by string instruments. The composition, Okay Everyone, has five different versions, four of which are performed by different musical instruments that represent uh, each of the four female characters. So before every episode, I'll, um, or I ask my guests what we believe makes this game special. Ian, I'm going to start with you because yours actually perfectly piggybacks off of that last tidbit, which is the music. What about the music? Uh, yeah. Really like pulls you in. Uh, so I think the, um, the visual or not visual, the audio motifs that the game has are really good. Um, yeah. There are different points in the game that uh, music is playing. And then as kind of events transpire, the music changes or adjusts or gets distorted or slowed down or digitized or, uh, or, or, or different things happen to the music to reflect yeah. the situation. Um, and I think that that is, I'm sure it's done in a lot of other games, but I think that it's just done very well in this game uh, to the point where I remember the music, which is actually a very, very big thing for me. I don't really remember audio information that well. I'm, not, I'm a very visual person. But do you remember the lyrics to the song at the end? Every, Every night. I dream a future where I will be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, every day. It's like, it, it slowly becomes more and more depressing, but anyway, like it, it did stick with me. Um, and I think that's a really big feat with, uh, with me seeing as like, I've moved across the world. I've done so many things since I played that game. And I, that still is fresh in my mind. As soon as you asked me that question. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's special, I think. And it's like, music i feel like is surprisingly good mm. like getting like part- just in general music or the music in this game the, mu- the music in this <laughs> game yeah the music in this game is like surprisingly good because like i feel like halfway through you really internalize the different themes like the theme for writing poetry also like the theme for like the like the thing for when you're just like generally just in the classroom right like these the the themes are recurring enough within those first three hours and then like when things start to change and that when, when the themes start to kind of disintegrate it, like I feel like Doki Doki has like one of the strongest instances of that happening in a video game and me like feeling off put by it. Um, mm. And I think it's a combination of a few things, right? Like I think it's a combination of like how the music, I mean the music in general toward the beginning is very cheery because it's a visual novel and it's trying to be as cutesy as possible. And so it has the benefit of coming from this place of, a lot of prettiness and a lot of cutesiness and a lot of like upbeat like dun, 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 like it go it, it it starts off super cheesy but then like when that switch up with Sayori hits like it goes super dark super super dark um and I've not heard like a juxtaposition in in that um like that in a video game sense I, I feel like ever like there are there are a few I can think of Undertale has uh, a couple moments of that kind of switch up with the music um and i'm sure there are other games that i can think of that i just can't think of at this moment that have that sort of similar switch up but man the way that they kind of reverse things and like make things just sound super like i mean they they do the thing where they mess with tunes they mess with like um god when uh, like notes when you when you 
complete like the first cycle of it and you come back and like you're in the class and the the chords sound like just a little out of tune and like they yeah. drag on just a little too long it feels bad and then like as like things start like getting weirder and weirder like um it's just like they 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 carry too long and then like they get out of tune and then like it starts speeding up as well yeah and so like it just sound it makes everything feel so off <laughs> yeah no it's it's something yeah the music in this game is super special and also like that that vocal song um that we were singing earlier right like i don't know man stuff like that really like really vibes with me uh and it's the reason why this mm-hmm. game is memorable for me is because like music is very much a, a touchstone for me in a lot of video games um it's like in fact like a music doesn't have like great or if a video game doesn't have great music then it becomes infinitely more forgettable for me and so like, six out of ten right out the gate pretty much honestly <laughs> um moises you said the presentation Yes, which sort of piggybacks off of the music because the music does a similar thing that like the presentation does. Um, I've already mentioned it like countless times just in this conversation, but like it's 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 a it's a deliberately cute game. Um, you know, like all the girls are designed to to look cute. They're designed to like appeal to a certain aesthetic that people chase. Um, in 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 girls um and like the the situations that like they present you being in are like really cute um or at least they're supposed to be cute to the the audience that enjoys them um and then uh after after like things start going awry um like it i think the first time that it like really becomes evident is with Sayori's death mm-hmm. where like it starts like the the menu and like the fucked up music starts playing like behind her and you sort of get the impression that like oh there's more to this game than like the style that i've seen for like three hours now um and then once you once you're like popped back into the game like Sayori's like face is like all fucked up and like you can't really see it um but everything else stays the same and like her her name is like a whole bunch of weird symbols um and i think every time that that stuff comes out after that because it likes to play it likes to play mostly straight and then like a weird one-off line will be like in those black dots that i mentioned mm-hmm. um or like black squiggles will come out over like somebody's eyes or even when yuri starts like going like full crazy um like her eyes like they widen and like they start like actually flitting like back and forth like looking at things and then like it'll get it'll get like a staticky tv sort of thing behind them and like the like everything just kind of jumps out um you know like there's even there's even a point where uh yuri goes to fetch water to make tea and she disappears for like 10 minutes and you're just like oh let me go see her like let me let me let me go find out like what's going on and you go out into the hall and like you apparently hear laughter and then you turn a corner and she's like there by like a vending machine i think cutting herself and then her portrait her portrait turns into like instead of her being cute it's like her like wide-eyed and like her sleeve is down and you see like all the slashes on her um and then like it's immediately like oh nope and then it actually physically rewinds 
back to the moment where you were there and like looking for her and she's just like oh i'm back and then monica says something like two minutes later like to the effect of oh you weren't supposed to see something that you saw and i'm sorry about that that's not gonna happen anymore and like the way that they integrate like the presentation into like slowly revealing monica's role in things i like that's the thing that has stuck with me that's what like made it horrifying to me yeah um it also just like it made me more it made me more keen and more aware to what was going on in the game as like it kept unfolding like i kept looking for little visual motifs to see if like something in this scene was gonna go wrong or not um i think it's a it's not subtle but it's a it's a good way to communicate like the change in in tone in that game and it's a good way of like signaling to you like you should be on the lookout for things um and i think it, it i think it made the the experience like more enjoyable because mm. i especially remember like the second time that i played the game i was playing it with two of my friends uh like we hooked up their laptop to like uh like their the tv in their living room and we just like sat around and we played it as a group and like we were like trying to identify like key moments here and there like where things were happening um and i think i think it makes it it makes like a not too interactive experience much more interactive and more interesting and that's kind of what's like stuck with me because i feel like a lot of visual novels are static they're just like text um and like there's a visual component to it but like they don't do they don't go to the extent that like it should involve you it's just a thing that like delights you a thing that like you like Mm -hmm. looking at um and that's what I think the presentation of that game does better than like most presentations in any games that I've played since. Mm, that makes sense, and I, I I agree with that. Especially especially like the 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 parts where like yeah like you see Yuri like all cut up. I remember that vividly and being like, oh that's messed up. Oh shit. Yeah. 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 Uh, the element I'm bringing to the table is uh, the balance of the pacing out in um or. Man, I think I wrote this wrong. The balance of the pacing at which... Oh, yeah, no, I got this right. The balance of the pacing at which unnerving moments <laughs> are delivered. And so we kind of talked about at the beginning of, of, of this episode, sort of like that, those first hours and how, like, yeah, like, legit, it just starts off as a visual novel for what feels like forever, and then it starts to get into things. And I feel like once it starts getting into things, the pace at which, like, those moments are delivered, it, like, it is like a snowball where it's, like, boom um suicide boom um <laughs> it, pretty it, big it, boom it to start off on yeah yeah weird, it's a weird boom it's to start like off on. depressed confession suicide <laughs> yeah, like reset yeah weird boom. fucked up visuals yeah boom. And, and it's like boom 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 and like then you're in it and then like you're in it for like a moment and then you're into and like into another thing right like you're in it where you're like okay cool yuri has a knife inside of her um yep. okay cool and then, like not like now you're there and the game lingers there and then it lingers on to the next thing which is like I, and i guess this kind of depends on like how things kind of played out in your in, in, in your playthrough in which what goes first but um yeah like it lingers there it lingers it, it, it then lingers in like the monica stuff right um but it starts off from a place of like everything's okay for a long time Every, everything's not okay things are getting kind of weird okay now things are weird now things are really weird okay now we're in space with monica and i have to delete my file like i i I, that that pace i feel like works perfectly um Mm -hmm. because like if you're able to get past those first three hours and you're into it i feel like the rest is just a cruise um and the first i mean it's the most deeply uncomfortable cruise ever but yeah. yeah very uncomfortable cruise but yeah like you're 
like there's not really a dull moment after those those first three hours and those mm. first three hours are also kind of necessary to set up like what this world is and what we're doing here and to ease you in and to make to uh give you that comfortability yeah. so and that drop we can break little you. hints about what's going to happen in the future yeah because there are, i i caught plenty of hints this time around really yeah um like uh, like there's even stuff of like how monica like monica's like the only character that outwardly acts like she knows you at the beginning hmm. and like they like they they like wave it away by saying like oh she was in your class last semester but like it's also suggested that you know yuri but they don't ever explain why like you might know yuri and yuri introduces herself like a new person huh. but like monica like pops in and she's just like hey moises and i'm like why do you know my name already interesting um and and then like probably once you go back around like for the first time like you'll realize that like monica always giving you like the writer's tip of the day and like telling you to save the game is like a little weird yeah that's true that's and it's point. like it's a little bit much um and then i don't know there's just like there's stuff that you pick up on like every time that she's late she's like oh it's because i'm playing piano and then you realize why she's playing piano at the end um yeah. her first poem is called like I think it's called like hole in the wall and it's talking about her peering at an outside world and being unhappy with where she is right now. I'm just like talking about me, huh? Like I'm the outside world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like every time, like one of the characters will like try to grow close to you or like be vulnerable with you. She'll like Monica will always show up immediately afterward. And like, she'll like kind of shame them by like divulging like a deep secret along with it and then like makes them go away (laughs) jesus yeah man all right let's get into categories uh categories are essentially every week we ask some of the questions uh to kind of see how this game kind of stacks up um in comparison to the games we've talked about in previous episodes um and so we have four categories the first category is called the indie factor what does this game do to capture the spirit of indie game dev I think that the subject matters, I guess, involved also, or are the ones that kind of like dictate this being really indie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like most mainstream games, whenever they talk about things, again, like kind of like what we talked about earlier, it feels very surface level or it feels very tame. This game is not tame. Yeah. In any way. Yeah. It really isn't. Yeah. Not at all. Like, I don't expect FIFA to really like get into the nitty gritty <laughs> of, of self harm. <laughs> The FIFA, the FIFA career mode is really getting intense this year, huh? It's like, oh man, did you see that scene where um, Suarez stabbed himself? Every uh, day I play soccer with you out on that field. Oh no. Um, oh, that's a, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a good point. I think the, the subject matter and, and themes in the, in this game mm-hmm. are definitely like things only oh, things that AAA developer I don't see tackling no. anytime soon. And no. like it's such in such like a direct over-the-top sort of way. Mm-hmm. The story no, of Pokemon Sword and Shield's getting really weird this year, huh? Um, no, but uh, I think that what Moise was saying earlier is that he feels about the themes of stuff. Like, again, like it's not executed perfectly and it's not um, done in a very... How can I describe it? I mean, this is your words, Moises. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but it's not done evenly, I guess. And we've kind of discussed it during this kind of chat is that it starts off very serious and grounded and then kind of evolves into something different and yeah. that something different doesn't necessarily reflect as well the main mm. theme they're trying to get across in the first third of the game um it seems as though that can only really be done in indie right like mm. 
the ability to shift the narrative and the ability to kind of tackle intense subject matters in a way that seems kind of free from micromanagement yeah, is no, very sure. Indian. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I was going to say something stupid like the fact that three people made it is what makes it indie. Um, <laughs> but no, that's, that's, it's that's a good it's answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, like you, 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 you captured like the essence of what I was saying. Like it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel balanced in like what it's trying to, to say about any of the things. And the more it like leans into like the other tone of it, like the, the, the tone that it hides that's there. Mm. Um, the, I think the further it gets away from like, be like, it's, it's stupid. I think of me to say like imagine like the game this would have been if it just like if it tackled that that stuff like with Sayori um without like then pivoting into a horror game like what if like the entire game was you getting to know these girls and you, like them revealing like more layers of themselves um and them not just being like people for you to like objectify and want to yeah date. um because, I mean, like, those games, that, that game probably exists, you know? Like, in, in all fairness, that game probably exists. I probably don't know that that game exists. Um, it's not, it's probably not prolific, um, because that's not what people want out of those. Um, and this could have been that, but this also wouldn't have gotten word of mouth buzz mm-hmm. for being that game. Are there and so non- I, th- I think this game, like, sort of had to be like this. Oh, yeah. Are there, yeah. are there non- uh indie visual novels and dating sims i'm not like too i'm not too like well versed into like the market for dating sims but i I would assume the the vast majority of them are like indie developed the vast majority of them are indie and i think that mostly has to do with the fact that like making a visual novel is drastically cheaper yeah it has to be drastically like easier for you to develop one of those rather than uh, like like a triple a studio a triple a studio could i feel like indies don't do enough numbers for triple a to want to do that mm-hmm. um so like it's like it's a project that a triple a studio could undertake and could probably like turn a good buck on it will never turn like as good a buck as yeah like what do, what does a blockbuster pre- like do, what square enix really wanted to put out a visual novel i guess Right, is, is I mean, aren't RPGs just visual novels with gameplay attached? <laughs> with mechanics? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what makes a visual novel is that they don't have gameplay, really. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah. but I'm saying yeah, that, like, that, that, is, that, that is it. That's I feel like visual it. novels evolved from the desire to have more narrative-focused games without the resources yeah. of those who could create them, right? Like, that's why, I mean, we, we got this game off of Itchia, right, which is a indie... Um, an indie platform for smaller creators. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a reason why this... this genre is very indie focused because it it lends itself really well to that genre and ideas can be created with very little or not very little but like less resources than a mainstream thing i don't know if a big studio would want to kind of look into this genre because it's designed with that in mind Mm. the next category is called successful successor can this game get a sequel that lives up to it i think there's like hints of that in the game that there is going to be a sequel yeah. that's nothing like yeah there, there's there are, there are game okay. theories out yeah. there there's there's <laughs> and a, that's game a game theory. theory there's a game theory like two part theory that's yeah like, hey I mean, I here it. are like all yeah, the Easter he eggs incentive to and, me. like yeah 
<laughs> and I was like, what am I doing here, man? Why am I watching this? Movie? Who am I? <laughs> Wasn't it that, like, maybe they're actually all in that book that Yuri gives you with the eye symbol? Yes. Yeah. And, like, it's like a horror thing, like Monica. And... Yeah. Yeah, like, like all the, the girls are characters in a different game, and I think mm-hmm. yeah, I forget what the whole thing was, but I think it was something along the lines of like all of them are they're in this game because they're trapped or they're trying to like contact was, you or something weird. Yeah, and there was like <laughs> this one file that had like this cylindrical thing or whatever, and then if you unfolded it, it showed this portrait of this woman doing this thing, and I'm just like, what, Matt? <laughs> Pat, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Basically, there's basically there's an action game coming soon <laughs> with all these characters that we're gonna play. It's gonna, apparently, it's called apparently. Astral Chain. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be wild uh, every day I fight with my ghost cat his name is Bob if if they put out a Doki Doki Literature Club 2 I feel, I feel like it could work I don't feel like this is one of those games where it's like why would you do that honestly I think I'd be down for a Doki Doki Literature Club 2 what? okay I, hear me out I it's Doki Doki no Doki Doki Basketball Club LeBron James is the main character oh. and you fall in love with Dwayne Doki Wade Doki Doki Kuroko then, no Space Jam Boom. Honestly, Whoa. Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard would make a great Monica. I feel like because that man has no. Emotion. I hate you, just LeBron, <laughs> just LeBron, just LeBron. No, just he LeBron. had emotion. He won that game and showed emotion for like five seconds. Yeah, this he, is this joke is for precisely three people. It and is. They're all in this voice call, <laughs> and none of them are listening <laughs> to this podcast. People are like, who's Kawhi Leonard? Uh, next category is play of the game. Does this game have a most important moment? The Sayori moment, right? That's the that's yeah. the one we're all gonna agree on. Yeah, yeah. Sayori has like Sayori is the defining moment. In yeah, this game. I don't yeah. know, man. I I talked to this lady for like three hours, and, and I mean <laughs> that could be your answer. Yes, you, yeah. you yeah. did a lot of talking with Monica. I vote that. Uh, the last category is called masterpiece. Doesn't mean perfect. If you could change one thing about this game, what would it be? Um, I let you fall in love with Sayori, man. <laughs> why yeah, they don't like, really why? let you hell of me i guess like, that that actually is a good point i feel like i would want more choice in terms of how you um can approach certain situations like i don't need too much choice because i know that's not what they it seems like that's not what they really wanted the game to be but yeah. they give you they give you a little bit of semblance of choice um without really allowing you to go all the way with certain things like i think like really the main choice you can make is like do you want to go yuri or or um See, or um what's the natsuki natsuki yeah, yeah i think you have that choice but aside from that choice i think most of the other choices don't really matter mm-hmm. um, remember remember when the game lets you make that choice and like it drags oh, yeah. your mouse down to monica constantly? oh yeah. Yep. yeah i kept on clicking i i'm talking again everything in this game i had to spend the most amount of time on because i'm me so like it t- i legit was clicking up every single time <laughs> trying to get it like a mini game as opposed <laughs> to like just letting letting fate decide mm-hmm man uh, so, so yeah i would have wanted more choice toward like like as far as like who i dated maybe like the, like a system for where like whoever you pursue is the one that commits suicide at the beginning or not at the beginning but like yeah towards the mid game um and then like the other two characters are the ones that have to um are the cards to dealt however they want i would have liked that because yeah like as somebody who was who was uh thirsting after yuri you know it would have been nice to like I feel like Yuri doing that would have almost hurt hurt me more um, mm. if she went first. Mm. Yeah, I get, I get that. Yeah, I don't know. I I think my my complaints are like, or rather, what I would change is like so drastic that it wouldn't be the game. 
like like I said, like it it would be great to see the game where this doesn't pivot to a horror fourth hmm. wall breaking thing. But that's like that's just fundamentally not this game, and I don't want like my change to be make another game. <laughs> yeah, mm. but yeah, you almost. I mean, I think it would be interesting to see like what the game would be if it was like mm. not about the like the, the horror and all that stuff, but it was about like yeah. dealing with your best friend who or even is in love you know with you, that you has know depression. what the change that I would make is I would want Monica to not be a rogue AI. Interesting. Yeah. Still same, but how does that content work if there's no? It would just I, be a nice dating sim. <laughs> I mean, I think I think that stuff can happen otherwise. It's just it, it again. It's that like I can't trust anything that like this game wants to say about like mental illness or suicide or anything because like it's then revealed that like a character, like a malicious character, like a mm. like a, a conscious like agent. Um, was like, let me fuck up these lives so that I can get a boy. Yeah, I think like I kind of took the game as not wanting to say like say anything about depression or suicide, but rather like using those purely for yeah. the, the the shock yeah. factor, uh, which I think is fine. Like I think I I I, I, I like that the game did that, but I could see like there being it value. comes off insensitive. <laughs> yeah, ah, I, I don't know. Well, I think I think it I I think it can, but I think at the same time it kind of wants to. Like I don't think it's a thing. I don't think it's a thing that's it. I don't think it was trying not to be insensitive. I think it would the the way they no could no put that's together, the thing. Definitely. Like I I think it wants to talk about those things. I just think the way that it justifies why it even touches on them makes like the initial like sincerity of the thing kind of dissipate. And then it becomes I, something else. Uh, I so I, I I disagree purely on the fact that I think they like the way that the way they pulled it off toward like specifically the, the Sayori moment. Like for me, like I think the the whole thing was building up to this point of horror, so that like by the time she kill she kills herself, it is this like shocking, devastating moment, and then it it stays like that for the rest. I think like I'm I I think the dis- the disconnect is that like what it was building towards in those Sayori moments did feel genuine and did feel like something like, like it felt like it was going, it was going a place that um, maybe we felt like it, it was going instead. Um, yeah, like but by I, the time- when that all happened, like I thought the pivot was like the weird pivot that everybody was talking about was like, Oh, this is going to be like a starkly realistic game. Yeah. Like about people and like complexity, ah, like okay. the complexities they face in mental illness. Yeah, and I don't. And think then the thing was that no, this is about yeah a rogue AI who's and it's and like in it's, there and it's making people horror. like obsessive and and yeah. like m- making like like basically saying like I turned up the depression notches on this girl so that she would kill herself so that yeah. I can end up with you. Which I think I think can come off as insensitive, but I think that is what they wanted to be. Like that's what they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um I, w- I, w- I, w- I wouldn't necessarily take that for me I wouldn't necessarily take that away from what the game was doing with mm-hmm. um with that. But like that said, I I still think that like a, a version of this game that was like, oh yeah, we are going to dive deep into those into those topics and really make this game about dealing uh with the people who are close to you and their own and like the mental illness of, of theirs and how like looking at how much of a responsibility it is of yours versus theirs and all that stuff i think that could, i think that could have been a cool game um mm. and i would be down to play a game like that um but i think for me that's i didn't necessarily see them 
I didn't necessarily see that as the game that they wanted to make. No, it's uh, I, it feels like the game that they maybe wanted to to make, maybe like the idea they wanted to entertain, but they, but they ended up like, like I don't want to say they ended up where they mm. did. I like don't, Dan, I don't, Team Salvato wanted to make the game that they ended up mm, with. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't know if they wanted to entertain that either. Is my thing. I I I think what what they were going for was like the horror. And I think mm-hmm. it worked. Like I think, like by the time like the turn happens, I'll like I believed it and I felt it because like they took that rug from under me and were just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, psych. Nope, she did. Like that's how I <laughs> that's psych, how I understood nope. it. What a wordsmith. <laughs> she did. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Quote Dan Silvato. Dan Silvato on the dead homie. On the dead, on the homies. dead homie. Oh man, speaking of dead homies, we now got a dead podcast because this was the season finale. <laughs> <laughs> of indie piece of course um well we we may see you back for season two uh, depending on how the numbers do you know what i'm saying yeah um thank you guys for joining me uh moises and ian of course you can follow moises and ian moises on twitter at platano ranger ian is on twitter at ian why not i am on twitter at blessing jr um and yeah this has been the season finale thank you for sticking with us if you've been here throughout the whole season or if you're just checking in for the doki doki literature club episode uh, thank you again for listening. Okiebeast.com if you want to check out more Okiebeast content. Uh, we also have more podcasts such as A Plus Anime, which is our anime podcast that Ian hosts um, and does a great Ooh. job on. We have um, the Okiebeast podcast, which is our weekly uh, video games and nerd culture co- uh, podcast that goes up on Mondays over on Okiebeast.com and any of your podcast services of choice. If you listen to this whole season, I've not really done a great job of plugging um, our Patreon, patreon.com slash okbeast. If you've, jo- if, if you've enjoyed what you've heard and if, if you want to support us monetarily, uh, go there, check that out. We have different perks and benefits per, uh, for uh, different amounts. The $1 level uh, gets you uh, Stir Fry, which is our general chat podcast, which we, um, we used to goof off and uh, hang out and have a good old time. Uh, this, has been the last, this has been the season finale. Till next time, Indie Peace out, I guess. <laughs> I still haven't figured wow. it out. I still haven't figured it out. Wow. I still haven't figured it out. Wow. Every that, episode, every, at the end of every episode, what a is something poor different. way to end this. Hey. Every night I dream a future where that ending did not happen. Hey.